In today's show, we're looking back at the action from Sunday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. We're here to talk about the action in, on Sunday in the NBA Let's talk about it right now. The first game, the early one, the uh, undermanned Toronto Raptors beat the undermanned Indiana Pacers, 107-102. How about the Jedi? But what about Scarf? OG. Stop, OG. Uh, you better stop, OG. OG Ananobi played 40 minutes. There was no Lowry, no Siakam. So they just said, fine, we'll just give OG the ball and he'll go bananas. 30 points, four triples, eight rebounds, five steals, one block, eight of 10 from the line. This actually gives me so much excitement about OG in the future. And if he can do this offensively, the top 20 absolutely awaits. Not this season, but when Lowry's gone, depending on what they do with Siakam, could OG be the better player out of him and Siakam? I think it's a massive, massive possibility. Huge stuff from Ananobi. Van Vliet had 21-5 and with four triples and three steals, while the wiki Chris Boucher, not a great matchup again against a hefty big man in DeMontis Sabonis. 12 points in 21 minutes, but he had seven rebounds. He had two blocks. He hit two threes. Really good production. We just want him to play 30 minutes a night. It's going to be an up-and-down scenario, and it appears like that trust that I talked about in the offseason that Nurse may not have in Boucher is uh, may not be here at the moment. I know that's just horribly worded, uh, mangle of a phrase, but you know what I mean. I just don't think he has that full trust in him as we may have assumed a week or so ago. Storm and Norman Powell had 20 points in 37 minutes. It was shit-ass efficiency, though. Good assist numbers, but I'm really finding it hard to trust Powell. Stan Johnson. Stan Johnson started. He played 31 minutes, and he played all right. Only three points on one of six shooting, but six rebounds, four assists, a steal, and a block. Don't get too excited about it, but it was good to see him actually turn into a reasonable NBA player. As usual, the Raptors bench makes no sense. Terrence Davis goes from 20 minutes to three minutes. Uh, DeAndre Bembry played 21 minutes here, just all over the shop as it's been pretty much every game all season. For the Pacers, Miles Turner, don't worry about his broken hand, 25 points, four triples, three steals, six blocks. 67%. It turns out Nate McMillan may not have been a great coach. Absolutely unleashing Turner so far this year, while Justin Holiday had 16-10 with four threes and two steals. I think he remains a solid 12-team league guy, while Sabonis had 10-19 on one of 10 shooting for Sabonis. He also hit eight of eight from the line, so let's just throw this game out completely because it makes no sense. McDermott had 13 points in 32 minutes with two steals. I think he's a solid enough 14-team league guy. Maybe he's a 12-team streamer. Well, Jeremy Lamb, I know people are getting very turgid about Jeremy Lamb, but again, I'm just I'm just underwhelmed. Like, I'm just not sure the overall upside here in Lamb. 13 points in 20 minutes, two threes, 56% shooting is nice. I just don't see the, the massive top 10, top 10, top 100 upside in Lamb that would make you go and blow your fab budget. Uh, to go and grab him. I I think he's fine as a streamer. He's fine to have. He's fine to see where it goes, but I'm just not falling all over myself to get him. Timothy John McConnell, you want assists? You want steals? There's literally no one better out there. Um, Eight points, 
seven assists, two steals. This is just what he does. While Malcolm Brogdon, we talked about him as a sell high early in the season. It's coming together at the moment as, as a guy that is going to drop off. 12 points on 23% shooting, and that's not going to be that bad. But five uh, assists and a triple one. But he was averaging like two steals to begin the season, shooting astronomically high numbers, and it is coming down. And it's coming down to a degree that is uh, not troubling, but it's obviously something that you want to arrest that slide off pretty quickly. Next game we look at the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Clippers. The Thunder had a massive run in the fourth quarter to bring this closer. Shea had 23-6-7, unfortunately. No defensive stats, while George Hill went bananas. Had 22 points on 75% shooting with two steals. Hill is just a stream type of guy, more of a 14-team leaguer, while Isaiah Roby double-doubled. He only played 26 minutes, but had 10 points, 10 boards with a steal. As long as Al Horford's out, I like Roby, and I'd even hold on to him for a bit longer because I think that if Horford does get hurt later on or if Horford does get traded, Roby's going to be the guy there. Not the greatest Darius Baisley night, but he shot better. 57% from the field. I'll take some small victories with him at the moment. Nine points, 11 boards, two assists. The reason, again, I'm still holding on is I do think that it is going to pay off for him later on in the season. But if you want to drop him, I totally understand it. He is not a guy that you invested highly in the draft. And to to be honest, in most drafts, I didn't end up getting him because people would go way too high for me. Like they'd take him a pick 90. And I talked about him as a great guy to grab at the end of the draft who might be able to be in that 100 to 120 range. But people would get him at 100 and 90 and and, 95. And it's too early for me. Like I'm not sure I'm ready to get him at that area. And we're sort of seeing those growing pains. I think he'll be much better than what he is. But, um, yeah, he's not a guy that in, in a 10-team league that you have to just you tie everything to. Uh, Lou Dort. No, my son is also named Bort. Oh, he'd been playing pretty well, but only four points in 31 minutes on two of 10 shooting. The shooting, it did feel a little bit unrealistic, but... Yeah, it was never going to come down this much as as an average anyway. Um, yeah, I think he's fine if you're looking for threes and steals, but I, I would prefer Baisley personally uh, for the long term over Dort marginally, but I still prefer him for the Clippers. Kawhi looks this looks awesome, really. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> 34-9 and another 8 assists. Extreme efficiency. He looks great. 24 minutes for Zubats as well. 10 and 11 with 2 blocks while Abaka played just 22 minutes. Zubats is playing pretty well at the moment. So I'm keeping an eye on him for 14-team leagues while Beverly was racking up the numbers. 7-4-3 and three with 2 steals in only 13 minutes. But then he hurt his knee and he wasn't able to return. While Paul George also sat out the end of this game with hamstring tightness. I don't think that that's anything to be concerned about. He said it's nothing to be concerned about, but it's absolutely something we've got to monitor and, and pay attention to. Um, Lou Williams, what are we doing? Like, I, I know what I'm doing. I've dropped him since about game two of the season. He needs to be dropped in every single 12-team league and probably, to be honest, every single 14-team league at the moment. While Batum had seven points in 36 minutes, he still probably is a back-end 12-team league guy here, Batum. But... Um, yeah, not certain that he's going to maintain that value for the rest of the season. That still remains to be seen. I tell you what doesn't remain to be seen though, Built Bar, because they are the best tasting protein bars ever, and we know it. I don't need to work that out later on. I already know it. Built Bar is back with six new flavors: caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. And that's to go with the other twelve original delicious OGs, which include peanut butter brownie and orange. They're covered in one hundred percent chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew, and they are great. Great if you are a health conscious person. Not, I'm not the massive massivist. I'm not the biggest health conscious person, but love myself a good protein bar, especially a Built Bar that tastes like I'm indulging in a naughty little treat. 
but I'm doing it while maintaining my current caloric intake. These bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. And the Cherry Barcia bar, 17 grams of protein, but only 130 calories, and just four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on, and you'll get 20% off your next order. The promo code is locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start the day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. You might even hear me on there a few times coming up in the next few weeks. So uh, stay tuned and subscribe to our new show, Locked On Today. Let's move across now to the next game. We have got the Oklahoma, not the Oklahoma, geez, they were the Oklahoma Hornets at one point, but that's when they were the, anyway, ignore what I just said. It's the Charlotte Hornets. It's the Orlando Magic. The Hornets win it at the buzzer on a Gordon Haywood layup, 107-104. Haywood was amazing again. He's the 22nd ranked player this year, Gordo, 39-9 with five triples. I thought he was being massively slept on in drafts, and even I was out on where he was going to be. I didn't think he'd be this good. 39-9, still a block, 60% shooting, while Miles Bridges, who has been okay this year, 18-6 with two steals. He is somehow the 101st ranked player this year, Miles Bridges. Now, I do, do not buy that for a second. And I do not, um, I do not, I'm, I'm not looking at him as a guy that is a must roster 12 team league guy, but an interesting uh, stream guy nonetheless. Paul Washington Jr. only the nine points, but he did have three steals and two blocks, but only three boards. Now, is that because Cody Zeller's back and taking away some of his center minutes? That's something for us to watch. While LaMelo Ball played 28 minutes and had 11 points with eight assists, so good to see those minutes jump back up. And it was another poor shooting night from Graham, especially early. He got it together late, had 15 points with six assists. Cody Zeller only playing 15 minutes, while Terry Rogier played 38 and had seven points. A rough, rough night from Rogier, who after that hot start is starting to fall off a little bit. For the Magic, there was no Aaron Gordon, but I was impressed with Cole Anthony. 33 minutes, 14 points, five rebounds, six assists, one steal and one block. I think that you know we want. To, I wanted to give him ten days or so to see how he went, and he was struggling in most of those games. So I said, okay, if you want to move on, drop him. But he's going to continue to get better. And depending what's on your wire, we know that his role is pretty secure. I think he's worth having and just seeing where it goes and seeing how he develops and see how he works his way into being a starting NBA point guard. The Comet Gary Clark started for Aaron Gordon. He had 14 points in 35 minutes, but this is just a one-off. While Ivan Fournier had 21 points in 33 minutes, and Nikola Vucevic had 22 and 13. But pretty stock standard performance from majority of these Magic players. Let us go on now to the next game. We're looking at the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Boston Celtics. And honestly, I don't even know what to say about this game. The Celtics 141, the uh, Cavs 103. The Cavs pulled their starters off Giggity. within like the first three minutes. And the starters played no minutes at all. 18 minutes for Drummond, 13 minutes for Nance, 18 minutes for Osman, 16 minutes for Sexton, well, 29 minutes for Isaac Okoro. You can't read anything into this. Uh, Darius Garland was shithouse. I'll read that into it. One of nine for four points in 23 minutes. He did have five assists. His minutes will continue to rise. Don't drop him and add him if he was dropped. While Jared Allen was uh, pretty solid, 12 and seven in 26 minutes. But literally, no way of understanding this rotation given the way that Bickerstaff pulled these guys off so early. For the Celtics, Jalen Brown continues to be actually amazing. 47% usage, 33 points in 19 minutes on 65% shooting. I keep saying he's going to be a sell high and the efficiency is going to come down and the usage is going to come down, but maybe it's not. But we still haven't seen him alongside Kemba and alongside Tatum and when he's not hitting every single shot in the world. Now, nobody is this level of shooter, not even Jalen Brown at, at this current level. Nobody is this good. So there is going to be a regression, but man, he is just absolutely dominating at the moment. 
21 points for Kemba in 24 minutes with four assists and three steals. He looks spry out there, which is awesome for him. While they started the big man lineup again, and it played well for the first time all year. 17 and six for Tice with two steals and two blocks. He's really pushing into 12-team league discussions. Now, I think Tatum's return and Kemba coming back, although Kemba won't play Monday, um, is going to have an impact on how much they can put him and Tice or him and Thompson and Williams out there. But he's playing pretty well. He's playing as the best of all those three centers at the moment, for sure. Thompson had 12 boards and not much else, while uh, Grant Williams was basically out of the rotation until the end of the game when it was uh, pretty heavy garbage time in this contest. Next up, the Washington Wizards and the San Antonio Spurs. The Spurs win it pretty easily in the end, 121-101. This was the first Wizards game we've seen for, in forever. They had no Denny Avdia, Rui Hachimura, Davis Botans, Mo Wagner, Troy Brown, Ish, Mish, Ish Smith, or Hal Neto. They started Isaac Bonga, Russell Westbrook, Jerome Robinson, Robin Lopez, and Brad Beal. Westbrook was on a minutes limit. He had 9, 8, and 6. And of course, he shot terribly. This is just who Westbrook is at this point. He did not learn his lesson from last season at all with the Rockets, and he is just going to be a consistent drain on your percentages. He makes dumbass plays continually. Brad Beal had 31, 7, and 4. He's awesome. Well, Jerome Robinson, a nice little streamer at the moment. 16 points with 5 rebounds, and Robin Lopez was solid enough to be a 12-team league guy, at least in the interim when no other centers are around. They did sign Alex Len and Jordan Bell. Len played 21 minutes and had 11 and 5, so deeper leagues, you want to have a look at him. Well, Garrison Matthews, big Gary, 9 points with 3 threes and 3 steals. If you're in a deeper league looking for some 3-pointers, Garrison Matthews is going to be a guy who's going to take them, and he's going to hit quite a few of them. Isaac Bonga didn't do, didn't do too much, but he can be a source of steals and blocks. We've seen that from him in the past, and he did it again here in this one. On the Spurs side of things, Pat Mills, 21 points in 21 minutes. High usage, great efficiency, great game. Sal high. DeJounte Murray, triple-double, 11, 11, and 10, returning from his ankle injury, while I loved what I saw from Devin Vassell. 14 points in 24 minutes with four threes, two steals, and a block. I think he's already better than Lonnie Walker. I've said this many times. He should be starting for them next season, is my guess. Um, yeah, not much to see outside of deeper leagues for this year, but strong performance. Well, Aldridge had 15 points, went off in the third quarter, and doesn't do anything else. He had two blocks. But he also only had two rebounds. The efficiency was good. The minutes were low. They didn't really need him, and they're preserving him, I guess, because it's a back-to-back. I'm still holding, but it continues to be rough. Well, DeRozan had 9-3-8, and eight, but you don't really complain too much, unless, of course, he's on your team, given the nature of this win. Calden Johnson, also a little bit underwhelming, 13-4, and four, and Pirtle had 4-6 and six with two steals and a block, providing the defensive numbers as a stream option there. All right, on to the next game we're looking at. The Atlanta Hawks, they go down to the Milwaukee Bucks, 129-115. They did it without Clint Capella and Trey Young, so that's probably a good reason as to why those numbers fell. Johnny Collins, big game, sell the absolute shit out of this. 37 minutes for Collins, 30 points, 6 triples, 7 rebounds, 25 usage, um, 63% shooting. Didn't get any free throw attempts, but no Capella and no Young. The two guys who were impacting him in a pretty big way. Um, is important to note. DeAndre Hunter, awesome again. 62% shooting. I'm finding it so hard to believe that his shooting is going to maintain at this level, but it has so far. 33 points, 5 rebounds, and 4 assists, while the Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari, if I can find it. Where is it? Hands off my cock! 17 points in only 19 minutes. He's on a minutes restriction still. Hard to have him as a must-roster guy, but this was solid. Rajon Rondo started for Trey and had seven assists, while Fanta Pants had eight points in 29 minutes. Kevin Herter, I don't think Herter's a 12-team league must-roster uh, must guy. They started Onyeka Okongwu. He had four fouls. He didn't start the second half, only 16 minutes. Had three blocks and a steal. I love this guy long-term. I think he's a top 50 upside player in a few years' time, but it's not going to have an impact this year. Well, I don't think Cam Reddish is a must-roster 12-team league player. Five points in 28 minutes for him. 
with two steals. He can provide steals. He can hit threes, but he hasn't really taken a big step forward this season. For the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis had 27, 14, and 8. That's awesome. While Middleton had 19, 8, and 7. And Punchbob played 27 minutes in the blowout. This is what he does in blowouts. And that's why, because they have so many blowouts, that's why he's able to maintain this value. 21 and 6 in 27 minutes. And Lopez played just the 26 minutes. Drew had 15, 5, and 5 in a pretty solid game. But overall... There's not a huge amount to talk about with this Bucks team. Giannis still killing your free throws. Middleton still playing really good basketball. Them handling the Hawks comfortably and Bobby Porter's playing more minutes than he'll play 17 minutes when it is a tight game and he provides nothing you know, as he goes back and forth. But that's just sort of who this team is at this point in the season. I don't really see too much changing. I also don't see anything changing when it terms of you going to the place that we know that we can trust for your sports betting needs, and that is betonline.ag. You ready to place your bets on the Super Bowl? Player props, sides, totals, spreads, whatever you want, betonline.ag will have that for you, but we'll also have NBA games. You want to have a look to see whether Clint Capella will get 10 blocks in his next game? Check what the player prop is for Clint Capella and see what they can provide for you. BetOnline is the place where you can put that sporting knowledge to the test. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. On to the last game of the night. This game uh, went on forever. The New York Knicks beat, or sorry, lose to the Blazers 116-113 in the end. Let's talk about Emmanuel quickly, who played just 24 minutes, but... 41% usage to get 31 points, five triples, four assists, 50% shooting on 18 attempts and a perfect eight of eight from the line. He has been excellent at getting to the line this year. His scoring and usage has been absolutely phenomenal. I cannot trust the minutes or this level of production at all, but he closed the game here over Alfred Payton. Now, of course, next game, Payton will play 35 minutes and quickly will play 15. But the, we've seen flashes from quickly. It's really hard to recommend him as a must-roster 12-team league player just because of how the rotations have gone. He played 17 minutes last game, 11 minutes the game before that, 15 the game before that, and 21 the game before that. He scores, and he generally doesn't do a huge amount else. But his ability to get to the line and hit free throws has been excellent. But still, this year, he's not even a top 200 player. He's averaging under 10 points per game and shooting under 39% from the field. This was excellent. There's no doubt about that. And maybe at some point they put him in and he is a, he's a starting point guard. But even then, I have my doubts about how much Thibodeau is going to rely upon him. This was undoubtedly excellent. I'm just not sure. I would watch to see if anyone goes and grabs him in a 12-team league. Watch who they drop because you might be able to get value there. Now, if you want to add him and find a Knicks player in your or Knicks fan in your league and, and send him off in a trade, I understand that as well. But I also wouldn't get too overwhelmed with this performance. Julius Randle, the double royal. He had an interesting game. Twenty-five points in thirty-three minutes, but thirty-nine percent shooting, seven rebounds, five assists, two steals. His field goal percentage is dropping pretty rapidly at the moment. Thirty-eight percent usage is pretty rough, or well, not rough. It's excellent, but it's uh, unsustainably high. He's been good, but he is tailing off from where he was to begin this season. Where Alec Burks started in place of Reggie Bullock, eighteen points, five triples, three steals. I believe that Burks is a must-roster twelve-team league player. Austin Rivers played twenty-nine minutes, but we still don't know how it's all going to work when Bullock Rivers. Um, quickly, Burks and Peyton are all playing because uh, Bullock was out of this one. Rivers played 29 minutes. He'd been basically out of the rotation. I wouldn't overreact to this. While Peyton had eight points in 24 minutes, I think he's a soft 12-team hold. While RJ Barrett, 23 minutes, eight points. Just a shit night from Barrett, really. Nothing to read into. He'll go back to playing 49 minutes in the next game. 
Um, he's going to be inconsistent, but he had a, a nice little streak of games before before this one. Still, Obi Toppins rostered in far too many leagues. Just get rid of him. For the Blazers, Lillard was great. 39 points, 6 triples, 5 rebounds, 8 assists. Hasn't missed a free throw in about 10 years. It feels like 11 of 11 from the line here. While Cantor, only 24 minutes, but Ennis Cantor's block rate. It was up last season. It's up again this year. Three blocks. He is a 12-team league guy for the short term. Anthony Simons had an, an outburst as well. 16 points in 23 minutes on nine shot attempts. Do not read into that. Well, Rocket Rodney Hood, this is why I wasn't falling all over my dick trying to pick him up. Seven points in 27 minutes. He did have three steals, but that 21-point performance was the absolute outlier from him. He's more of a 14-team leaguer. Gaz Trent. Somehow with McCullum out, he is playing fewer minutes. 11 points for Gaza. Well, Bob Covington, this is one I'm sure everyone wants to hear about. Four points in 28 minutes, and those four points all came really late in this game. He had two blocks, so that's great, but one of seven from the field. I am still holding Covington, but we have to realize, he and I said this a lot in the offseason, he is never going to be Houston Robert Covington. I didn't think he'd be this bad. I had him in like the 70 type range, 60 to 70 type range. I didn't think he'd be this bad at all. But sometimes players changing teams, they just don't fit. We've seen that with Kelly Oubre at the moment with the Warriors. They just do not fit, and they cannot get anywhere near where they need to be, and it takes time to figure that out. We saw that all season last year for Mike Conley. He was dreadful for most of the season. And while I don't think that Covington's a guy that you have to drop, in a 10-team league format, I would be considering it. In a 12-team league, in a 10-team, I'd probably do it. In a points league, I would do it. In a 12-team league, I think we have to start you know, coming to that realization that maybe maybe he just doesn't fit in terms of racking up the stats in Portland as what we've seen in the past. It just doesn't he, – that's just not his role. He's got you know, minuscule usage. He can't shoot well. They're putting him in different shooting positions than where he's been in the past, and it just isn't working. And I think we have to come to that conclusion, I think, pretty soon that that's going to be the case. If there is a hot free agent out there that you want to add, I reckon – it's tough. I probably wouldn't personally do it, but you might have to bite the bullet on dropping Robert Covington, which is pretty wild to say. Mallow's got some stream ability, but 21% shooting is horrible. 12 points with two blocks and two threes is all right. Is is that more of a streamer than a must-roster player at this stage? Let's have a look now at the top ads over the last 24 hours. Torian Prince up 17%. I have absolutely no idea why. I assume it's for the Sunday-Monday back-to-back, but you could have found someone else, surely. Torian Prince is not a guy that's going to be playing huge minutes in Cleveland, I don't think. And even if he played 30 minutes a night, is he even a top 100 guy? I I don't understand why he's added in so many spots. The Duke Wayne Ellington, I get that. He's just hitting an absolute truckload of threes along with scoring. Well, he's up 16%. Makes sense in 12-teamers. Dougie McDirt up 12% and TJ McConnell up 11%. I assume that's a Sunday-Monday back-to-back thing for McConnell. But as I've said plenty of times, the assists and steals that he provides can be really valuable. And Rudy Gay up 10% there as well. Probably a back-to-back situation. He's been pretty solid, but probably more for 14-team leagues than 12-teamers. Onto the guys that were dropped. Shake Milton down 14%. Makes sense. Danny Green down 12%. Just a streamer. Quickly down 10%. I reckon those blokes would be pretty pissed off that they dropped him before today. But it makes sense given where his minutes had been trending and where his production had been trending. It had been rough. So it makes sense to drop him. And again, I'm not really expecting 40 plus usage from Quickly and a perfect 8 of 8 from the line on every night. Barton down 9% and Miles Bridges down 9%. I think that, and Bridges again was really all good today, but yeah, is that something that's going to maintain? You can add Bridges for Monday's games if you want. Barton, I don't think he's a must roster player at all anymore. 
Let's go on to the line of the night, and it is Damian Lillard. 39 points with six triples and eight assists. He's been outside the top 10 for big chunks of this season. He's back inside there now. In fact, over the last two weeks, he's the fourth-ranked player, averaging 31-7. and seven. It could be a little bit of a sell-high moment without CJ, but Lillard is really starting to find his... Uh, Find his groove, and if I have a look over the course of the season, I don't. I think Lillard has missed. Let's have a look. Six free throws over the course of the season. That is an absolute monster contribution in that free throw category. And then your rookie of the night, no surprise there. It is Emmanuel Quickly, who had 31 points with five triples and four assists. Who's had some big games. Who's had some absolute uh, stinkers as well. This is his career high in scoring getting to the line highest in free throw attempts. He's an excellent free throw shooter. He's a really good shooter just in general. But also, prior to this game, he'd hit three threes in his last three games on 11 attempts. So there is a lot of unsustainability in what he provided today. And again, I just do not see Tom Thibodeau go, all right, well, quickly, now you're starting again. You, you're not again, now you're just our starter. Because he's had some big games before and it just doesn't continue on, even though he has these little runs and then he goes back to nothing. So it is one to watch, but I'm not rushing to go and grab Emmanuel quickly. Let's move and talk DFS now. FanDuel pricing, Monday's games. There are 10 of them in the NBA, so let's talk about them now. All right, let's start off with a rematch from Sunday, the Charlotte Hornets and the Orlando Magic. Aaron Gordon should be back for this one. For the Magic, Miles Bridges is insanely cheap. 3800 for Bridges. Uh, his recent production hasn't been great outside of Sunday. I think he's absolutely worth a flyer at that salary, though. Jimmy Ennis is minimum salary player. There's value in him, who's a starter now. Well, LaMelo Ball, 6700 for LaMelo. Not bad. Good minutes on Sunday, but I'm not sure that he's the best play out there. Paul Washington at 65. Production's been a little bit low. Well, Ivan Fournier is at 59. Love that for Fournier. Really, really big part of the offense is he's returned. Aaron Gordon's at 7,900. I think that might be on the high side for Gordo, but with how much he's doing offensively with the ball in his hands, there's at least some appeal there. 9,400 for Vucevic looks good, as does the 8,100 for Haywood. While Cole Anthony at 54 actually can get behind Anthony, at least as a GPP guy, not as any sort of cash play, though. Next up. The Sixers and the Pistons. Joel Embiid is questionable. That's probably the biggest story here. The Sixers are seven-point favorites. The total is 215. Joshy Jackson playing a little bit better. He's at 4,300. I don't want to get too interested in using him, though. While Mason Plumley at 4,400, I don't like the Embiid matchup for him. If Embiid doesn't play, it does suit Plumley somewhat. Seth Curry's at 4,600. That looks pretty good. Starting, playing pretty well. You know, mid to low 20s in, in production. And Fangel points, that looks all right. Benny Simmons had a big one last game as well. He also scored 51 Fangel points. He's at 8,200. And yeah, his recent production's been all right. It's over 42 sure. points over the last five. Not too, too into him, but I think it's okay. Blake Griffin should return for Detroit, but they are going to be without Derek Rose. So Delon Wright at 5,600. Really good floor play. I think there is upside for him as well. While the Duke Wayne Ellington also a pretty good cash option with how much they're giving him the ball. I don't like 8,500 for Jeremy Grant, while Sheikh Milton's at 4,900, and he has been uh, not worth it at all in the last couple of games since Seth Curry has returned. The Raptors in the pace is another rematch from Sunday. Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam both sat out on Sunday, and their absences will be a huge part into where the value lies here. Of course, there's no Levert for the Pacers or TJ Warren. So Justin Holiday at 4,100. He dropped 36 on Sunday. That's not a regular expectation for Holiday, but he's at least worth a GPP looks, as is Doug McDirt at 45. Although McDirt's more of a cash guy than a tournament player. 
7,500 for Miles Turner looks all right, while Brogdon at 8,000 is too high, and Sabonis at 96 is probably leaning a little bit too high as well. Well, Timothy John McConnell, I don't like him at 44. If he was at 4,000, yes, 4,400, 4, not sure. The Jedi, OG Ananobi, hit the button. But what about Scarf? OG, stop OG. Uh, you better stop OG. Look, he's been awesome. He's averaging 38 over the last three. And if one of Lowry or Siakam is out, you've got to use him, I think. Van Vliet's at 79, and that's really, really strong if Lowry is sidelined. While the wiki Chris Boucher is at 6,500. The salary is coming down. He only played 21 minutes today, but did have 30 points. I'd be a little bit loath to use him here, and I'm not keen on the 5,200 price tag that's been slapped on Jeremy Lamb's forehead. Next up, let's take a look at the Brooklyn Nets hosting the Miami Heat. The Nets are seven and a half point favorites here, and the Heat are going to be without Mo Harkless, Jimmy Butler, Avery Bradley, and Tyler Hero. So Bam Adebayo is worth looking at. Bam, 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 bam. But he's expensive. 9,600 for Bam. Now, he's putting up big numbers, but 9,600 is a lot. We need him to be getting close to 50. Is he there? I reckon there's a chance he is, but it is a little bit risky. Dragic at 58 looks really strong, while Harden at 9.8, under 10,000 for Jim Harden. That's got to be super appealing, but only for GPPs. Durant's at 10.4 and Irving's at 9.4. I'd feel okay about using Irving at 9.4 there. DeAndre Jordan at 43, really hard to trust him, while Kendrick Nunn is all the way up at 6,500 because of those absences and because of how many minutes he's getting. So I think that takes away a lot of the Kendrick Nunn value there. Next up is the Lakers and the Cavs. Real blowout potential here. The Lakers are 10-point favorites, and the total is 214. LeBron's at 9,800. LeBron James. Averaging 52 against the Cavs in the last three times he's played. So that looks all right to me. Harrell's at 53. Not a bad floor play, cash play. Davis at 10-1 is looking good as well. Well, I wouldn't want to use Drummond or Allen, while the Pad- Padawan, not the Padawan, the Padawan Colin Sexton's at 8,000 bucks. Um, obviously not good on Sunday, and that's going to bring all these averages down, but I think he's at least worth a GPP look. I'm not keen on Garland yet. He hasn't found his stroke since returning to the lineup, and they're limiting his minutes and bringing him off the bench still. Not keen on Chetty Osman here either. The Nuggets and the Mavericks. The Nuggets are one-and-a-half-point favorites. The total is, as Richie Benny would Richie, Richie, Richie Benno, that's the name. Two for two, two, two. As Richie Benno would say, it's 222. Jalen Brunson should start again at 4,300. Good GPP play. I like Porter at 64. I like Doncic at 10.7. And then you have uh, Porzingis at 8,700. Porzingis. Uh, I, I do like that for Porzingis, although I think it's it's edging on too high. And 11,000 for uh, 200 for Big Chungus. Actually, I think that's not too bad for Jokic. He should have a big opportunity for a 50-plus pointer here. Let's move on to the next game. It is the Spurs and the Pelicans. No spread at this point. Steve Adams is all the way down at 5,000 because he's been really poor. He is averaging 34 the last three times against the Spurs, though, and that low price gives me some interest in him, as does the price drop on Brandon Ingram down to 7,700. Happy to use those guys here. Aldridge at 59. On a back-to-back, I'd be a little bit hesitant to do it, while Zion at 8,000. Not a bad cash play Zion at 8,000, given what he's able to do. DeJounte Murray's at 7,600. Yeah, that's not bad. And same as Lonzo Ball at 56. In fact, I like Lonzo at 56 a little bit better there. Well, DeRozan at 79 looks all right, but I think we can probably do uh, a little bit better than spending that on DeMar DeRozan. 
Next up is the Celtics and the Bulls. No spread at this point. No Wendell Carter for the Bulls, most likely. He's doubtful. So minimum salary, Dan Gafford is worth a look. Now, Gafford had four points in 18 minutes across the weekend, which is absolutely shithouse. But I think he can be better than that. He's at least a GPP guy. And there is going to be no Kemba Walker, although Jason Tatum returns for Boston. So do they go double bigs again with Tyson Thompson starting? Thompson's at 4,000. I'm not super into that. Same with Tyson at 46. While Jeff Teague's at 38. I would be really into Teague if they do go that way and replace uh, Kemba with him. Um, although I think they'll just put Tatum into Kemba's spot and then shuffle the lineup around that way. Kobe White at 6,000. I like that for GPP value. While the skater boy, Zach Levine. He's at 9,000. I reckon it might be just a smidge too high, but I'm not totally against that. While Marcus Smart at 66, with Kemba back, he'll get a more, uh, well, Kemba out, sorry, he'll get more assist opportunities, I think. And Tatum at 96, wouldn't want to use him first game back from COVID. Uh, Jalen Brown is at $9,000. He's been crushing it, and no Kemba in this one, I think works in his favor as someone we can use. The Thunder and the Blazers next up. The Blazers, four, five and a half point favorites. The total, Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. Another 222-pointer here. The Blazers on a back-to-back. Mallow's at 41. I like it. Roby at 45 on a back-to-back. Like it. Ennis Cantor at 65. Yeah, good GPP upside. Baisley at 47. Just a GPP guy. Gildas Alexander at 82. Probably a bit high. And Lillard at 9-7. Absolutely love Dane Lillard at that sort of salary. And the last game of the night, it is the Minnesota Timberwolves. And it is the Golden State Warriors. Towns is out. shows out. And D'Angelo Russell is questionable. So if Russell is out, we're looking at Jordan McLaughlin. But more importantly, we're looking at Ravishing Rick Rubio. Rubio's at 5,300, and he should exceed that if Russell is out. Ubre is at 5,200 because he's been dreadful, at least worth a GPP look. And I reckon if there's ever an opportunity for Blunty, James Wiseman, it's going to be this one. 4,900, good GPP option. Same with Naz Reed at 5,000. I like that, and I like Steph at 96. I also like Jared Vanderbilt quite a bit at 5,400. He dropped 38 points last time in just 21 minutes. He could easily get 40 if he plays a lot of minutes. Now, foul trouble is a real problem for him, and he's a low-usage player, but I still like him at that really, really low salary. That'll do it for me today. Don't forget, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, Give it a thumbs up, leave a review, hit the bell, drop a comment. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.